This is Lincoln's home for sports talk on the FM dial. Also online at theticketfm.com. On the internet. KNTK FM Firth. 93.7 The Ticket. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93.7 The Ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. What? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back on the block. I'm E. Strick. It's my partner, Jake Bachman. Jake, I'm going to need you to take over for a second. My computer is acting up right now. I am going to log out and come back in, but uh, All right. take over for a second. While I- yeah, no problem. It's uh, This is on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. Like I said, Strick will be right back once we uh, work out a little bit of the, the technical bug there. But we are pretty excited uh, here. Of course, one for one reason, it's Friday. There's a, you know For a lot of us, maybe you guys are driving home or not much long left in the workday. So we're obviously excited about that. I know Nate over there is pretty excited in the producer studio for $2 beer night at the Stars game. So that's always an option. Um, but if you're not... If, if you if you're looking for other things to do tonight, um, maybe just staying home could do it for you because Nebraska women's basketball uh, is uh, is on a tear at least as of late, um, and they are in the Big Ten tournament now, going up against Michigan tonight, 8 p.m. on BTN will be the start of that game. And of course, Michigan is top ten once again. They were top ten last time Nebraska played them and destroyed them, 79 to 58. Two of the top ten wins for the Huskers throughout the year, but now it's tournament play. So Michigan might be a little bit turned up, um, but it was kind of fun because last uh, last night Nebraska's Jazz Shelley went off altogether with uh, three pointers, nine three pointers made from Jazz Shelley as Nebraska beat uh, Illinois ninety two to seventy four. Uh, once again, Jazz Shelley was in there with. Nine three-pointers out of 13, so a high rate of, uh, of making those buckets. Also, seven assists and five rebounds. Just a good game overall for us. She had 32 points, absolutely on fire. Alexis Markowski added 22 to help lead Nebraska. Izzy Bourne had 15 as well. Sam Hybe, 10. Uh, a couple other uh, girls contributing as well, but um, that was the lead last night. That was a lot of fun um, to, to watch, and hopefully Nebraska can get it going now against Michigan, one of the better teams in the Big Ten of of course, 22 and five right now. Uh, Michigan comes into this game. Nebraska at 23 and seven, um, but uh, certainly could help Nebraska's seeding if, if for nothing else. Obviously, you're looking for maybe a run in the Big Ten uh, tournament. Who knows? Maybe you know it's that type of season. Why not us, right? Maybe Nebraska could go there and win that thing. But a win tonight will certainly improve their seeding. Um, showed that the early season win over Michigan was not a fluke, but ultimately it just kind of leads me to, to think on a broader scale of uh, of of the three. Three-point shot, right? Jazz Shelley hit nine of them, so maybe she'd be right up there on this list. Um, but I want to ask you guys out there, who, if your life was on the line, or whatever you want to put on it, you know, you know a million bucks, your, your, your mortgage, whatever it is, is on the line, and you just had one shot, 
who in Nebraska basketball lore would you select um, to take that shot? Uh, we already have some response on the on the text line here. Um, somebody says Siobhan Shields. So that I mean that would be he says Shields. I assume he's not talking about Will Shields, his father, uh, who's a football player, but maybe he is pretty good as well. But Siobhan might might be a solid pick. Although I don't know between the big three of that tournament year if that would be. The one I would pick. Maybe I'll, I'll run through that here in a second. Uh, and then somebody else says Teron Lou. That might not be a bad choice either. Um, you know, he was one of the best three-point shooters at Nebraska. He would have been on the top uh, 10 list for a lot of different things at Nebraska had he came back his senior year. Um, still is on the top 10 list for many of those, but um, it, it, is, uh, it is interesting to kind of go through the numbers and see what he have there. On the, on the 2013-14 tournament team, I'm interested. Um, would Shields be the pick? Because immediately there, you kind of think of Walt P for three. Of course, was the was the Twitter name for Walter Pitchford. Um, he would be kind of the, the the one that was dubbed the three point shooter at the time. Um, but uh, I would even think, you know, with with the the added pressure on the line, I might go with Petaway at that time. Uh, it, Petchford was probably the best three point shooter overall, but Petaway just kind of with the game on the line maybe seemed to be a little bit more um, would be would be a bigger pick because he was clutch. What about Ray Gallegos? Ray Gallegos was also on that team. I, it would look pretty coming out of Ray Gallegos' hands, but I don't think he ever shot over thirty three percent from beyond the arc. So I don't know if I would choose Ray Gallegos, but he definitely had a sweet stroke. Um, you know, I, as I go over the years, with Teron Liu was one of your teammates back in the day. He was mentioned off the text line. Uh, I think uh, somebody Mike else. Kowski, the Polish rifle. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, it's fun just to go through these names. Somebody off the text line says Brian Conklin. He was a, a stretch four back in the day. Yeah, could, Conklin could stroke it. Oh, he yeah, could light Conklin it up. Uh, somebody says, that's easy, Buck. Paul Volander. Paul Volander was very good. I remember him taking charges um, more than anything, but he was also, I mean, he could he could hit the three. I would definitely say a friend of the, of early break, Kerry Cohorn, the all-time leading three-point shooter at Nebraska, would be up there. Uh, Strick, I think your name kind of gets lost at times during when we go through the list of the best three-point shooters of all time at Nebraska. Uh, as we right said before. 35. Yeah, but as we've said before, sure. maybe in a modern day game, you might have focused more on that because, I mean, you could do it all. So maybe with if, if the, you know, in a modern day, you might be up there in some of those lists. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest, though. I, I think I was a streak shooter. I was more of a mm. streak shooter in college as opposed to, I, I probably shot with more consistency in the NBA, although, you know, again, the defense was just so hard. It was just really tough back then to get get shots off. And and then the style of play was a lot different. It was very post-up style. And and you got your threes out of a lot of kick off kickouts or you know off off different types of actions. Whereas today it's it's free flow. I mean, today it's like you you pull up into one. You know, the, yeah. the, we got to, but you had to be a Paul Pierce type or you had to be one of those type of guys to get the, the clearance you know, to Steve do that Nashes to get the clearance <laughs> yeah. to just go down and and do that otherwise you know you better hit a high clip of them or you know come over here <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing you had to deal with back then but yeah yeah but when it came when it came time to stroke one i mean i think i was i was ready to do it well and, and being a former nba basketball player i expect you to to probably answer this the in the way that i would expect but if your life was on the line would you be the one that taking the shot do you think or if like reggie miller or, miller or ray allen were there it's just one shot you know you can hit it you've you've made a life off of hitting it would you take the shot just so even if you missed it at least you can go you know it can point the blame back in your direction or like feel like it was in your hands at least I, i'm passing it you would pass uh, it off <laughs> because that's 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 what they that's do. That's a smart move. Um, yeah, I I have hit threes to win games. I had yeah. I had a real big one against Milwaukee and New York in the Garden. 
um, out of the corner. Ball came around to me for the game winner, and I was in the corner, knocked it down. So I've had a few shots at it. Um, I've had a few game winner shots that that I've I've had to take, and and of course, you know, you gotta you just gotta have the the sack, yeah, <laughs> to to be able to take take the scrutiny of 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 the miss. I mean, I didn't mind taking it, but I was also mindful that, you know, I, if I can create it, I would much rather create it for someone else. Um, but I would take it if I had to. If you're going to leave me to take it, I'm going to take it. Yeah. Do you and and did you ever give any blame? I mean, that was a big argument for LeBron back in the day was that he would defer in those moments and usually set up somebody pretty well because he's one of the best guys to set up anybody in the. You know, obviously he's drawing everybody to him. He'll pass it. You know, famously pass it off to Corver in the corner who missed a big one in the finals one year. Um, you know, you kind of think of the opposite with MJ and Paxson at times and, and Kerr. But um, did, did you ever have a problem with the superstar not taking the shot but setting up one of the role players um, for the shot if it's in? If it's in a finals type of moment, that big of a moment. All I can do is look to the greats that did it. I can only look to the Allen Iversons. I can only look to the Magic Johnsons. I can only look to uh, the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans. I can look at those guys and know that they wanted to take that shot. Yeah. And they were going to take it. Paul Pierce, they were going to take that shot. Um, in most instances, they're going to take that unless you just ultimately made them not to. Now, the problem sometimes I had with LeBron is that you had multiple options. Like Tim Duncan's going to take that shot. He's going to get it to his spot and he's going to take that shot. You're going to have to deal with him in the post and whatever he's going to give you at that spot, he's going to give it to you and you're going to have to take it or leave it. Uh, that's the problem I had is with his strength, with his ability to create, um, with, with all of those things that LeBron has for him to defer in some instances, I didn't, I didn't too much like, you know, or agree with, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is, it, 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 you kind of have to find a middle ground there. Cause you ask to be good teammates throughout the, throughout the game. But you know, even, even when you, as a coach or even as a fan, you kind of get to the point where I know it's a little bit more contested maybe for the star player to take that shot at times, but you want to win and lose with your best player. Um, so, you know, yeah, Dwayne so, Wade's going to take that shot. Yeah. Ray Allen's going to shoot it. You saw, you saw oh, what yeah. happened in, in the, in the playoffs against San, San Antonio. Yeah. They're going to take that shot. I think, I think the thing about San Antonio that was so awesome in, in their time and their tenure and their run was they had Tony Parker who could take it. They had Manu Ginobili who could take he would it. want to take it. And yeah. then they had Tim Duncan who could take So they had multiple options of guys who could actually take that shot. I, I even look at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is taking the shot, period. The thing that I have about the difference between LeBron James and, and, and Michael Jordan is if you do the analytics and you look at that, that moment in time over the course of their careers, Michael Jordan is over 50% in taking that shot. Whereas LeBron is in the thirties. So I can understand why he won't take the shot, <laughs> but I can also, I can also um, say that Michael, that's why for me, he's the greatest because when it came time to take the shot, he was going to not only take it, but he was going to make it over half the, half of the time. Yeah. 
that's what made him great for me. Well, and, and usually it does come down to that for the greats, but I always also think a big shot Bob Robert Ory uh, getting those opportunities too. I mean, talk about a, a guy that somewhat made a career. I don't know if he averaged, you know, maybe more than seven points his whole career. I mean, at times I'm sure he did, but I'm saying his total big totality of career. But there, there, there would, I mean, he might be one of the names that I think of first if there, if my life's on the line, have him take the shot because, <laughs> he, I mean, he does not uh, get small in those moments at all. He looks forward to him. Yeah, Mr. Big Shot. Um, someone else that would surprise you is like a Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc oh, yeah. was able to make big shots when it came down to it. Um, I, I really I really liked his shot-making ability when it came down to crucial times. At times, they would give him an opportunity to take it as well. So there's some guys out there that was Mr. Big Shot. Do you, like, do you like that strategy, especially when it comes down, you know, and maybe it changes from the college level, certainly at the high school level and in the pros, um, but when it's just one final shot, you need it, and basically it's just ISO, top of the key, your best player. So many coaches, it seems it seemed to be more and more the strategy these days. The coaches just do what I said earlier, li- lose or win with your best player, but it's there's not a whole lot of imagination to it. It's just kind of hopefully shake yourself free and you're taking a long shot. Well, I remember a game when I was in Indiana and I was playing with the Pacers. We were in a playoff game against the Boston Celtics, and – um, I'm probably the best defender on the team. And Paul Pierce is eyeing an opportunity to basically win the game. And I'm um, I'm trying to go to Paul to cover him, to make this, make this as difficult as possible. And you can look it up on YouTube. It's out there. And Al Harrington basically pushes me out the way and Paul starts talking to him like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to give it to you right now. This is what I'm, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. just know that he did a, he did a Larry bird. He did a Larry bird on him. I'm about to, I'm about to bust you right now. Just yeah. wait, just wait. Here it comes. <laughs> and, and, and Al sitting there like, come on, come on, wait, I'm ready. I'm ready. And he basically does exactly what he said he was going to do. He hit him with a three <laughs> eyeball sandwich to win the game. And at that point I was like, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Next I was time. Like, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for moving me out the way. I didn't have to take that eyeball sandwich. <laughs> I'd never noticed that was you because I've seen that yep. clip. Yeah, that that Al Harrington. Uh, that's a, that's really one of the best ones in Paul Pierce's lore, right? So I, I've definitely seen that clip. I Go didn't realize he got waved see. off. It was me. He pushed me out the way. He basically, <laughs> he basically threw me out the way. I was like, okay. Hey, right. you have to like Big Al's confidence there. I did like Al Harrington. <laughs> Al, Al, Al was a walking bucket. Now. Oh Al, yeah, Al, Al was a sneaky walking bucket. And you you got to see that in the big three with him. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he was able to get it done. And uh, but hey, that's neither here nor there. There was I played with a bunch of guys. Those, I mean, a lot of people sleep on Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal was a beast. Oh yeah. He was he was tough. And 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 a lot of people get caught up on that um, you know, the malice in the palace type of situation. I think they really got a raw deal on that one. I wasn't on that team, but I, I, I think they got a really bad deal because um, I knew Ron Artest and, and Ron, he was doing therapy and he was, you know, really working on trying to be able to manage himself. And I can be honest, that happened to me. I can tell you that what happened on that night, it was two years earlier that I can see that happening because when I was playing with the Celtics, I was actually walking out of the tunnel we were beating the brakes off of them with the Celtics to, to go to the this Detroit finals. still. Yes. This was Detroit. 
It was also Detroit. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. We're beating the brakes off of them in that, in that, in that, um, it was a, I think it was the second round and we were going to go to the conference finals after that. And I'm walking out of the tunnel at halftime and walking through the tunnel, somebody pours a beer on me and I almost went into the stands. Oh yeah. Because that's just a natural reaction. It's, it's, you know, so I can understand with Ron Artez laying there on the court, you're in your domain. Yeah. And someone tosses a drink from the stands on you. A natural reaction is who the, is, yeah. that's almost as worse as somebody spitting on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially and if so you're already I, heated I with climbed up Ben Wallace. I almost went into the stands. Oh, yeah. And so I can understand why, how that all happened. And that happened two years before. Or either two, yeah, like two years before. Yeah. They did the same thing while I was in, in, that, in that arena. Yeah, Detroit uh, not doesn't have the best reputation for the fan base, I suppose. At times, yeah, some of the best, some of the worst is probably Detroit. I would have to say Detroit, Philly. Yeah, they certainly have a bad rep. Too. They were bad. Yeah. Philly was bad. They're, they're, those those are probably a couple of the really bad ones that you know you have to deal with fan issues. Yeah, that's just ridiculous for anybody to think that that would be anything. You know, they're able to do that. I, I suppose they think because they're up in the stands, they're safe. I guess. So well, maybe that makes them double question it. Bach, my thing is this: where are where was the security? Yeah. So when you really go back and look at just the steps of the whole thing. You go back and watch the Malice of the Palace, you can see, and then listen to my story, so you can see that people were getting away with this. And so when I climb up, everybody's looking around, and and there was nobody saying nothing. And so hmm. security didn't see that. Like, where where were you at? That's what I'm looking at. I'm trying to find security. Where? What's up? Yeah, get, get that so guy at least. I, it, it was the same thing. Like, everybody was just standing there like, it wasn't me. Huh. And the next thing you know, they're going up in stands. So, you know, there's there's Did a lot they... more to it. And then after that, they come on the court. They're on the court. You come on the court. So I can't fault guys like Jermaine O'Neal. They're defending themselves at this point. You're in a hostile place. They're coming on your domain. Yeah. I, I can't fault them. And they, and they got a lot of they got a lot of flack for that. And I felt bad for them because they really weren't able to tell their story. And 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 because I can understand it from the point of view where I was actually there and experienced the same thing. Yeah, they did the thirty for thirty. I think which helped kind of clear it up a little bit. If you were able to watch that, is you know because they, they did at, at that time. It just the press just went all after the the players, right? The and, player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was like little responsibility given to the fans that were doing that. And like you're saying, going on the court. Where what would you expect? I mean, you know, somebody to defend themselves. Um, Jermaine, I, I think. That, I mean, he was at the top of his game with the the Pacers at that time. I don't know that team probably that team probably could have won the championship. Go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was like Reggie Miller's last year. Yeah, that was a big a big deal. Ron Test was out for the rest of the year, um, so that really kind of took away their opportunity to win there. Yeah. You know, Captain Jack. I mean, they, I know were, got they were like at suspended. the top of the East at that time. Yeah. They, they, they were like, they were rolling. I mean, they were beating the brakes off people. And and sometimes I think, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> like, was that, was somebody, was that a plan? Was yeah. somebody planning to do that? Is that a Miami you Heat know? fan out there or something going on? Or no? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, crazy stuff. Again, we were talking about if you had a, if you had a one, one shot to take from a former Husker, really anybody, uh, we can kind of open it up to, but we were talking about former Huskers for, uh, that, that can, you know, take away your mortgage or, you know, your, your life's on the line or a million dollars. I was glad just to see somebody nominate a, a Husker Hooper of, of a, a women's Husker. Hooper, Jordan Hooper um, from back in the day. She was playing the WNBA for a while. She would definitely be a pretty good pick. Um, 
Uh, somebody wants to ask just because they must be a Tony Parker fan. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you this question. Uh, you guys surprised Tony Parker didn't make the top 75 uh, for the NBA? He says that he was pretty surprised. I think he may be in the top 100, 125. I don't think he's in the top 75. Yeah. There's so many good players that have to be left out. Yeah, I think he's a tremendous player. But, I mean, there's even some in the top 75 that I'm like, yeah, Damian Lillard skated in. I'm not sure if he's top 75 just because of the lack of team success. I don't know how much that hurts a lot of those other guys. But, you know, with Clay Thompson not being in there, I don't know. I, I thought that was kind of strange. Maybe he's I, I don't think Clay Thompson's on. not in there either. You don't I, think I, so? No. Nah. I don't know. He, he's, he's awfully close to me to, like, the, the modern-day Scotty Pippen, but he gets hurt no, too the, much. The work that he can do, he does good work, but I don't think – his overall total body plus the injuries hand yeah. hampered him a little bit. So yeah, I don't I don't see him in that. There there's some there's some other guys that you know you really I mean I mean be real. Pistol Pete. Oh yeah. Bro. Pistol Pete. I'd was like a, to see him in there. Maravich was a boy listen, the closest thing to pistol pistol Pete was Jason Williams. Oh yeah. White chocolate. White chocolate, yeah. The little elbow thing pass. I've ever seen the pistol Pete Jason Williams was crazy. I'm just glad I'm not on any videos. I'm glad he didn't get me like he got Gary Payton. He hit him with that ooh wee. Yeah. And had Gary, Gary, Gary had to look back like like uh flash just went by him. And I'm glad he didn't I'm glad Jason didn't get me with one of he got Steve Nash though, but he didn't oh, get yeah. sticky. I'm glad he didn't get sticky with that ooh wee. Was there a I mean when you went out there and played him, was there was there that idea going into the game? Is like I, I got to have like an eye in the back of my head guarding this guy. I don't know what he's going to do with the ball. Yo, just stay, just don't bite. Don't li- listen. You remember, you remember, um, back in the day, uh, the Eddie Murphy movies, uh, Beverly Hills cop. Oh yeah. Don't fall for the banana in the <laughs> tailpipe. Stricky. Don't fall. Listen, he will throw, he would throw it between your legs. He would go around your body he would look like he was going to do something and he would go behind his back between your legs. Listen, I was just like, don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Just, just don't bite. Yeah. It was the same thing with Allen Iverson. My thing covering Allen Iverson was I'm making him go left. I don't care whatever he does. If he tries to cross me, I'm not moving. He's going left no matter what. I don't care. I'm not letting him go right because if he gets to his right, he's going to kill you because he's got killer floaters. He's got all kinds of great stuff with that right. I know he's shooting going left. So I'm my best bet for my night against an Allen Iverson is make him go right. So he's going to shoot that thing or pass. <laughs> well, at least you have the skills to have a choice there. No, I'm there. saying make him go left. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. At least you have the skills to make a choice there. Uh, because uh, most a lot of guys, he would just. Well, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan fell for the banana in the tail. Oh, yeah. He got, he, twice. <laughs> he hit him that with was that early Allen Iverson. <laughs> He hit him with that dual action. Wop, 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 wop. A lot of people don't don't know that Allen Everson was in my draft class. It's yeah. crazy because in the picture that they took for that draft class, it's arguably 96 is probably arguably arguably one of the, the best, you know, top yeah. five all time. And um it was an honor when they did a redraft that they had me in the first round. That was Absolutely. an honor for me because that draft class was just when you look up and down the board. I mean, there's a lot of top players that came out of that from Antoine Walker, you know, Ray Allen, Kobe, Allen Iverson, Nash, all of, you know, you can oh, keep yeah. going. And 
there was a lot there was a lot in that group so it was an honor when they did the redraft and they had me in the first round late first round there yeah we should go we should go over that redraft someday or go over the draft just because i love going over old drafts in general but you're right that one was uh very historic and uh and very cool for you to be a part of that one of course how 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 good is it to feel you know obviously you've had a lot of years to sit on it but um you know did you have quite a bit of feeling of disrespect to go undrafted or did you kind of think you know okay this is this is what they think i got to go and prove them wrong i felt it was my course i i just felt it was my it was my course and i understood why they didn't because when i was at nebraska i i played the role that was best suited for, for, for us to be successful, yeah, right. Um, at the time, Jerron Boone, he was a little bit slimmer than I. Um, he he couldn't probably guard the guys that I could guard, and so I would say it made me better for the NBA, but it hurt me in in the course of being drafted because that was the questions people had. He did, he's never played point guard. He's a streaky shooter. He's too small to play two. You know, they had all, all these different things. That 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 was against me that I had to prove wrong. I think one of the one of the one of the things that it helped me to do was to target my fire and my passion and my ire against my opponents because I remembered uh, Eric Musselman and I don't know if I've shared this story on the block, but Eric Musselman was a coach before he was at at Nevada, and he basically told my agent that I couldn't play. And and um, when I get ended up going back to the CBA, I knew he was coaching for the Florida team. And I remember I told you about I circled that date and I said, I remember them. And they had a player on that team at that time named Mark Macon. And I said, it's going to be my duty to embarrass Mark Macon. And when I got in that game, I think I had almost like 30. And every time. I, I hit a shot. I was telling Eric Musselman, I was like, you better get somebody out here who can cover me. I'm going to kill anybody you send my way. And, and, and then I said, he can't do nothing. He's going to be shut. I was talking crazy to Mark Macon. Yeah. You know, Mark Macon was like at Temple. He was that guy, like nationally, he was yeah. that guy. And, and I shut him down, and I had almost 30 on them, and I was talking to Musselman ever since. Now, <laughs> then I go to the NBA. He makes his way to the NBA. He's yeah. coaching at Golden State. So when I got back to the NBA, I used to never say nothing to him. I walked by him like he didn't even exist. And then one time he finally stopped me. He was like, Eric, you know, I just I just need to let you know I apologize. <laughs> like, I apologize. You're like, you got to stop beating me <laughs> on the remembered. court. You got to stop circling these games, man. <laughs> he remembered. No well, doubt. at least, yeah, we, yeah you, got, you got his comeuppance there. So that is, that's a very cool story. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on, on the block. Uh, we've got plenty more coming. Of course, the NFL Combine uh, happened last night uh, or yesterday. It kind of went on through today, but there was kind of some big stories there. Literal big stories with Daniel Filetti of, uh, of 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 Baylor um, just weighing in at 384 pounds. That's one of the biggest ever to, to fill in. That's a big dude right there to play tackle. Body. Also, Baylor's Tyquan Thornton for a couple hours thought he had run the fastest ever time at the combine, and then was told that uh, that's not true anymore. They they corrected his score. I don't know. I don't know how you'd feel about that, but uh, we'll talk about that next year on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.